Blog Talk Radio. Thanks very much for tuning in, and yeah, I'm back on here. I'm I'm very excited to be back on and doing the American Tennis Radio program once again. Um, gosh, we started the program 2012, and I've been off the air now for about six, eight months, I guess. But it is great to be back, and uh, I'm very excited to do it. I I. Uh, Dang, I don't believe in that burnout stuff. As you, as you know, I, I uh, real quick, I, I'll just I'll just say um, I needed a sort of a fresh start, and we're going to do it. And, and uh, the program will continue. We're again 2012. We're we're coming up on our 12th, finishing our 12th year, which is really really exciting. And uh, again, listen. Uh, the biggest thing about American tennis radio that we have always said and we're going to we're going to continue to say it i i love love the quote by Edmund Burke that all that it takes for evil to prosper is for good people good men good people to do nothing and uh basically there's a lot going on out there in collegiate athletics and uh, I'm going to talk more about tennis, but uh, my golly, the sports world seems like it's turned upside down. And I think it's really, really important to have some type of a platform. And I, I, the the thing that's really interesting about that, about having a platform, is that we, at what platform is it? What po- platform is it? There's, is it social media? I mean, social media again, folks, is very much like trying to drink water out of a fire hose and try to find the right water. It, it, there's so much of it that we don't know what is true, what is not true. We don't know what's good. We don't know what's bad. We don't know how to judge what. It, it's like always um, you're wondering about the depth of it. You're wondering about how reliable, dependable, reliable it is. Uh, there's 
newspapers are not being sent out anymore, right? Not very, not as much. They seem like they're dwindling. The other day I went to open sports page and you couldn't even find a sports section in the sports page. It was sort of hidden in the back of the uh, local page or whatever they want to call it, and it's it's been dwindling. The writing is just not what it was. And uh, oh gosh, I, I need to give a hit out there. Uh, one thing did happen. A, a good friend of mine told me about this thing, Epoch Times, uh, out of New York. But we get a newspaper every week, and the, the writing is tremendous. It's it's just the stories are beautiful. The writing is great. Uh, whether you are pro or uh, against what they're talking about, the writing is very very good, and it captures your attention. But Again, when you read read it, a lot of people just read off the doggone cell phone, and you get a little blurb here, a little blurb, blurb there, and it doesn't connect. We jump around, our minds are jumping around, and, and we we aren't able to lock in. I know my reading skills sure have deteriorated some since we stopped getting a newspaper. We just did not like our local paper, so like many of you, like many of you, and but I like a newspaper. I like books. I like things that are articles that you can read and, and think about. But anyhow, enough of, enough of that. But we've got a lot to talk about. And again, we ask you on American Tennis every week, we say all that it takes for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing, good people to do nothing. But one thing we want to emphasize is that if you have something to say, stand up, speak out, you know, and, and, and do it honestly, address issues, not people. And I've had this discussion with people very, very much. You can say just about anything you want to say as long as you stay professional, address issues, and try not to, try not to curse. You're, you lose your credibility on that one. And holy cow, I've been in a situation where I've I've uh, pushed the edge of the envelope a little bit there sometimes, just like all of us do, and we don't want to do that. But we all we all need to do, need to do that and uh, think through that. Anyhow, American Tennis, <clears throat> it's going to stay American Tennis, and uh, we'll be on every week now, and I hope you will tune in. A new program every Wednesday around lunchtime. We'll have a shorter program today. I want to talk about a few issues here, but, uh, you know, American Tennis, uh, is, tennis is there a tennis analytics, analytics overload, sports analytics overload? Analytics overload is with the social media, and what do we, <clears throat> what the heck are, are we doing here? What are we doing with our youngsters? And I think um, again, I think it's extremely important to have a platform to stand up and speak out. Um, if you go, you, you you can't go downtown on town square so much and get any attention. Uh, if you're on social media, you might get paid attention to but again how much credibility do you get uh we the newspapers but we we need to be able to stand up speak out and but i think this thing with the tennis analytics is something that has bugged me for a while and i'll tell you why i went to a, a doggone tournament okay when my son started playing baseball i went to a bunch of baseball games and i understood uh, very little about the game, but a whole lot about the excitement of it and what was going on and, and the enthusiasm and everything. And I've 
maybe the same week I went to a tennis tournament, a big tennis tournament, and it was sort of like a morgue, a kid kids tournament. Uh, there were, there was just no enthusiasm, no excitement. And the kids were like more robotical. There wasn't much passion there. And I don't mean hooping and hollering and things like that. I just mean the passion that's down deep inside of people. Just did not see the same passion. I did not see the same duels uh, that you see maybe with a pitcher and a batter sometimes. And and uh, I'm going, whoa, something is going on here. Um, and I've quoted this before, but the the great Tim Wilkinson, who is uh, one of the best players to ever come out of the South, uh, they used to call him Dr. Dirt. But I saw him at a junior tournament one time, and he said to me, he said, you know, kids do not play, they do not play for, you know, uh, points. And um, they they probably care about rankings at the end of the year, but they don't play for points. They play for two things. Tournaments of, uh, tournaments of heritage are very, very important to be able to say, uh, looking back, hey, I, I was able to win the Crackerland Tournament in Athens, Georgia, back in 1972 or something like that. They play for tournaments of heritage. I won Belton, South Carolina, which was the Mecca. Or I won this, the, uh, uh, what do they call it, the Peach State Tournament in Macon, Georgia. Those were huge events. They were events. Tournaments of heritage and tournaments of heritage and rivalries. Those are the things that on the surface, those were surface things, or what you got out the product of things. Now, the inside of the player, always you have hope that plays for because they have passion for the sport, they have respect for the sport, they love the sport. But those are the reasons on the outside kids used to play. They absolutely do not play for points. Now, we are training our kids now to play for this thing called an um, UTRs. And what, what the heck is the... New one coming, MTN, and all, well, I guess, no, that's WTN, the World Tennis Number, and all these things. Now, why why are we doing these things? Because we can. Whether we should or not, that's, that's, that's something that really we probably haven't thought about. Uh, half of the pe- people who are very locked in and like computers and everything, boy, they just love it because... They're able to get perfect analytics, perfect analytics on something. And uh, the youngsters are the people who are more, uh, I don't see, artistic, more passionate about things, more people that see the inner workings of things probably go, whoa, that's, that's not very motivating to me. For example, myself, you know, I'm, uh, I've always mentioned that I played tennis for three reasons and three reasons, well, I liked the competition. I liked in, in things, yeah, I wanted to maybe get a ranking one day and things like that and be good at it. But the biggest reason were for the three drugs that I got at the park. And before you uh, sit back and go, whoa, whoa, he did, I, 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 we never saw drugs when we were kids. But thinking back, it was for three drugs that are natural drugs, dopamine, adrenaline, and endorphins. That was the reason we played tennis at the park every day, every day, every day. Now, the competition part of it was, yeah, I didn't like my best 
friend beating me. So I would work very, very hard to try to get better at the sport of tennis, and that's why kids play. Now the kids are playing for a completely different thing out there, and I don't think it's inspiring them. I don't think it's inspiring anybody. Why, do you, why the heck do you think we're so worried about pickleball? You know, I mean, tennis is hard. Tennis is hard, and it's hard when you lose. And it's, you have to work extremely hard at it. It's very hard to pick up, but it's very, very hard, almost impossible to put down. And, you know, in the pickleball craze, everybody's worried about that. I don't want to get off on that. But the pickleball craze, folks, is uh, one that uh, I believe easy to pick up, easy to put down. I mean, it's a recreational event. They've made some competition with it. They're even putting money in it. And people are – some of our tennis players who – were either done with their careers or probably average to very good tennis players have jumped over to that sport trying to do something with it or that game. I don't, I don't know. I call it a sport. It's, it's more of a game. It's recreational. It, it's, it's a, but it's. I've, I've tried to sit and watch, and I don't want to get off on this, but I've tried to sit and watch, and it. it's sort of boring. Except the one thing that they do have is they have side out scoring. And if you've ever heard me talk about it before, I, I absolutely detest what they're doing with the abbreviated scoring in tennis. The most beautiful thing in tennis, the most artistic thing, and one of the cornerstones that they're really going to d- destroy the game if it goes any further is the abbreviations. The no-ad scoring, tiebreaker for the third set. And all of our marketing people have pushed this forward thinking that, hey, we're going to get a better, better product and so on and so forth. But what happens in the meantime, you destroy the sport. And very, it would be very much what they're doing to tennis. It would be very much like taking classical music and trying to turn it into a disco. Disco, wow, that's been out for a while. But rap or, you know, rock and roll or something, you try to turn classical music into something that it's not. It's just really, really wrong. And I... Well, I'm on this topic, I wanted to say that, and it's on you tennis leaders out there, the USTA people who have something to do with it. And you're, but what we should do is we should be t- protecting the history and the heritage of our sport first. And don't even get me started, folks, on the ITA and the college tennis. Well, you guys have really sold out. You have sold a bill of goods to everybody, and I'm, I'm so upset with you. I'm so upset with the the ITA, that organization, they call themselves We Are College Tennis. Now, who gave them that right for that title? And um, shame on you guys, because you're not protecting the history and the heritage of the game. And, um, you know, marketing, 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 and doing another sports too. So let's get back. I want to not lose my thought process here about the juniors and the the young players, what we're seeing is a big fall off in the amount of players that are playing tennis, youngsters. Why is because they don't fall in love with the game. And you don't fall in love with the game by putting out rankings every other day, every week, every month, and then putting all these ratings by your name because the kids, it'd just be like taking the test in school every day. I don't think kids fall in love with uh, schoolwork if they had to be tested on it all the time. So 
uh, the, I guess the quickest story I have, and this is a pretty good story, is I went to a what they call a tennis showcase for high school kids. They have them around different places, and you go there to try to see if you can get some recruits. Well, <laughs> I went there, and they, they passed out a handout with all of the participants, all the youngsters that were in the um, in the in the showcase, the small mini camp that they had there. And I I am not kidding you. There was one youngster. They had well, first of all, they had their state ranking, their southern ranking, their national ranking, their UTR, their M. What what the heck was that? WTN. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't have his shoe size, his underwear size, and what his mom and dad's name. I mean, it, it, holy cow! It, it, and, and I look, and they had for this one youngster. God bless him. You know, the, the, his state ranking was like 46 or something like that. And and if any of you know much about recruiting yet, or what's going on in collegiate. Uh, recruiting uh, and it being about 80% international and how competitive it has been and <clears throat> that, uh, you know, the, the youngster shows up, and, hey, my ranking is 46 in the state. Now, that would be okay. Maybe you get it once a year. and You say, hey, I was last year, I was 120 or something like that. But he's like 46 in the state and the South, he was like, 196 nationally it was like 500 well first of all the kid sees that and he goes whoa whoa wait a wait a minute wait a minute i holy cow i don't know if this is gonna impress anybody um and, and i've always argued this about um the college rankings too I've, that we only need 25 and i think they only give 25 or so in uh, football because None of the coaches want the scrutiny of being ranked 48th in the country and probably losing their job. Uh, in, in when a if your team is ranked 59th or something like that, um, it's it's awful. Recruit looks there and say, "Well, these guys must be terrible." Well, no, they're not bad. They're not bad, but it's it's awful to have that many different rankings, and it makes. It, it doesn't mean that the kid's worth goes down. What the real harm is, the real harm is the fact that when that youngster has analytics every day, every day, every day, every day, his UTR is this, his WTN is this, his ranking last week was this, and now it's this, when they have that much information there is no fog on top of the mountain to teach them they, they, they know too much about how hard the journey is uh, I guess the statement is you keep fog on top of the mountain till the kids are too high up to turn back if you're in education you want to never ever tell youngsters how hard the journey is going to be would you really ever do the hardest things in your life? Would you ever make the great quest of trying to reach reach impossible dreams to reach you know we used to have a song out to, to live the to to fight the impossible foe to to reach for the stars 
to go for this. If if you stop and analyze every bit of every journey, nobody's going to go after it, especially in our society today. They're not desperate enough to really, really put themselves out there so much, failure, 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 and at the end they figure out, well, wait a minute, it wasn't that big a deal that I got to here anyway. It was so much better, USTA and, and people listening out there, look, it was so much better when we got the rankings one time a year, maximum twice a year, never, ever, every month, every week, automatic, What where's people ranked. That's okay for pro stuff because those pros are making money. But the juniors, absolutely not, absolutely not. It, it's, it's, it's awful. So the, the kids... The kids really, again, Tim Wilkins' statement, they don't play for points. They play for rivalries and tournaments of heritage. Now, if we're turning them to play for points, we're going to have pretty hollow shell there. It's, it's, you know, there's not going to be much passion involved. And if you're a parent listening out there, absolutely positively tell your youngsters, never, ever, 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 ever look at the UTR ranking of their opponents or other people. Never, never. If they want to look at their own and say, hey, I'm an 8.3 or something like that, and I want to get to a 9, that's okay. No big deal. I, I'm making a true statement here, and I'm giving a, giving a revelation that I have never, ever, ever looked at a recruit's UTR, and I've never... I do not know my players' UTRs. I don't want to know because it will put me in a position where I prejudge not just how good they are, but probably how good they can become. Instead, I like to see what a youngster has done character-wise. And look, ABC Fundamentals are easy for analytics. The X factor is what coaches are after. The X factor is what determines. But we, we've gotten to the place where we don't really consider the, the X factors. And again, you know, they're going to be doing the uh, doggone, you know, football analytics coming up for the pro, whatever they call it, pro camps and all that, that'll be coming on in the, before the draft. And they do all the analytics with those guys. But they, these, you know, they, they treat in pro sports, it's sort of like you're a racehorse that they're trying to judge. But, again, absolutely love when I see, a, you know, a, a, a player maybe with less ABC fundamentals than others like a Tom Brady or, you know, the Brock Purdy guy that right now it's, it's unbelievably exciting to see these these, these uh, young athletes that prove everybody wrong. But are we going to get to the place where we overdo all of that? So, and, and it's really funny how now in academics they're taking, they're not using the SAT so much, huh, or the ACT. I mean, that's all started in 1957 with Sputnik and uh, – you know, I remember my years ago. My mother would uh, rave about how bad all of those advanced placement tests were because they were characterizing and pigeonholing kids. 
A lot of the other countries, they do that. But we've always believed that the heart or the X factor in youngsters and people was more was more important. You know, so I'm very much against making our kids into robots. No UTR, and I I just I just absolutely I hate it. I and a lot of the coaches, you know, though when you recruit, I've I've heard youngsters say, listen, uh, the coach says he won't take anybody less than a a <clears throat> 12 UTR or something like that, and well, what? How much fun is that? I mean, I, you know, you're like a product, you're like a racehorse or something. And the ABC fundamentals, you know, are one thing you have to have, but the X factor is is the the thing that's under the hood and is still the most imp- important thing. You know, so keep fog coaches, keep fog on top of the mountain till the kids are too high up to turn back. You know, so I oh I I'm I'm gonna go sh- quickly to a small commercial here and I will be right back and we're gonna talk about more analytics in a, in other sports. We'll be right back as Coach Chuck Creasy. This is Coach Chuck Creasy, and I wanted to remind you that my book, Coaching Tennis, is still on the market. If you'll look at Amazon or Google and look it up, Coaching Tennis is rated as the number three best-selling, best, I'd like to say best, but number three rated coaching book in tennis. It's called Coaching Tennis, and look on Amazon or online for coaching tennis. And I'm back. It's Coach Chuck Creasy, and uh, we're talking about analytics and over analytics and should we do things because we can or we should that's uh, sort of title I brought in doing something just because we can doesn't mean it is something that we should do tennis analytics is over the top and maybe doing more harm than good instead of a youngster falling in love with the tremendous depth and intangibles of our sport they are on a quest for rankings, UTRs, numbers, WTNs, and the material things that keep them from going to the great depths of the sport. And that's about the best intro I could give. But I want to talk quickly, uh, give a few things as we got a few minutes left here. And I've got one call in, and I'd like to bring him on here in a minute. But my son does um, baseball, and uh Talking about analytics, this is, was a wake-up call to me. So right about when they get to be sophomores or juniors, they start having these exposure camps, or um, what, what do they call They call them uh, showcases. We went to a big university, and it was pretty exciting to go to a big university. And I'm thinking my son gets to go out on that beautiful ball diamond, but it was just pretty much a money grab on the thing. Because they they had about 400 kids there, 
and they brought them out in packs of like 75 kids at once. Now, I forget why we paid 150, 200 bucks or something. You know, so basically, he goes out onto the field. <laughs> he runs a 60-yard dash, and they got the analytics on that. And they said, if unless if you're playing baseball, they say if you're not a six foot six. 6.7 seconds for the 60-yard dash, too slow, you know, for outfield, definitely. But they want somebody they've got it all tucked out, you know. And secondly, on top of that, they go and they they uh, go to the infield, and he got four balls. He got four grounders. He had to throw one home. Three, I think, for the to the first baseman or something, one is, and that was it. And then they took him into a batting cage, and in batting cage he uh, got the swing at a ball coming out of a machine, and that was it. That was it. And I go, holy cow! But they take these analytics and they've got it online where you can go and get all the analytics of every part, every part of the game, every part that they need. But again, the ABC fundamentals are quite different than the, you know, the X factor. You know, and and um, as a coach over the years now, forty-six years in collegiate coaching, I'd rather have the X factor every every um, bit of the way. So, let me bring on uh, our guest here if I can get him on here. I think I know Hello. this number. Hey, coach, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. This is J.P. Weber. How you yeah, doing, Coach Bruce? It's good to hear you back I'm, on. I'm good. You told me you were coming, so I had to call in. And glad yeah. to hear you. Well, uh, it's good to have you there doing that. Thanks. And thanks think, well, thanks uh, a lot. I appreciate it. More uh, more people will find out you're back on, and hopefully they'll listen in. Yeah, I hope so too. So I we've been talking to you a little bit there. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know you said a couple of days. So I, I have a, I, I've, since I, my, heck, since I'm on here, I might as well. I, so I have a couple of things. One is you're you're exactly right. The analyst, there's so many now. There's an, you know, there's an IPR. You know, the IPR what? came before the yeah. There's an <clears> IPR that came before the UTR and the WTN. The IPR is out of Australia. And they have that down to a thousandth of a point, and you get rated there. So you got the IPR, the UTR, the WTN, you got all that stuff. We got a lot of stuff. Tennis is very, very complicated now. It's just, there's a whole different world when it comes to uh, uh, ITF tournaments. Completely different experience. My son and I have been out here in California and uh, enjoying. The weather out here, but but it's a completely different. It's, it, they they both claim they're good, and they both have their you know the USJ stuff and the ITF stuff. They both have their strengths and weaknesses. Um, but the two things I uh, the two things I want to say that have come out of all this, or at least I think they're a byproduct, is the and I talked to a guy who played a lot with Bob Lutz and Stan Smith and all those guys out here in California. We played on the tour a little while, and I asked him, he's an old-timer like me. I said, did we cheat as much? He said there was cheating, but usually <clears> if a guy didn't took it too far, they took him out back and whooped his ass. He stopped doing it. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. There were, there were people that did it, but it just wasn't as bad. 
And he, he pointed to something that I've talked to you about before and with the cheating, and it's benefit of doubt is gone. So to fit everything into the computer, see, the analytics come from the computer, and like you said, the people that like this stuff, they love this stuff, they live this stuff, the Barneys, you know, are able to run Mayberry because of the computer. And I think you're 100% <laughs> right because the people that like this stuff have got it down to a science. So, you know, there was, there was a coach out here. I was sitting with a coach, talking to a coach, and the coach said to me, he said, look, and he, he played on the tour. He played on the tour. He said, are you kidding me? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I'm playing a match. It's five all, and the ball lands on the line. I'm calling it out. So that's the way that's the way it has to be now. And I just kind of shook my head, and I, you know, I walked away. I didn't really discuss it anymore with you. I don't, I don't like that. I like the old the old stuff where, but I think that you know all the analytics, all the computer stuff has created that byproduct, and then the other byproduct from it is. Is and it's a stretch for me to say this, but you know the academies are just you know it's just not. I know everybody's got to make a living in tennis, but there's so many academies, so many people that claim to coach and this and that. And it, it, you know, it's just causing. There's all sorts of things that are splintered in the sport. The sport is so splintered, and it's no wonder we've got. You know, i got to tell you something real quick. I'm out here, a beautiful tennis center, the Barnes Tennis Center in San Diego, absolutely gorgeous. They just <coughs> they just added 11 Padel courts and 21 Padel. pickleball courts. Padel. 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 That one I like. Yeah, it's, it's like that pickleball. That, Go that, ahead. I like that. Pickle, I'm just not a fan because... I mean, I, I suppose if I was on vacation, or yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like beach tennis, or it's like the old paddle tennis we used to play with those wooden paddles, you know, you hit the ball, right, and right, a line right. on the beach. So for me, that's how. But, but I got to tell you, they're doing things so well. Now, let me, real quick, when you drive by the Barnes Tennis Center, the highway goes right by the Barnes Tennis Center, and at night, as you drive by. Nice weather. Today it's not nice. It's raining today. They only get rain twice a year, and it it's rained the two times that I've been here this week, this past week. But you drive by it, and when you drive by, there are those 21 pickleball courts, and they're packed. They're filled with people. Now, are they mm-hmm. playing singles? No. They're playing doubles. But that's what attracts more people. People come, they see the doubles, they see all the people, they see they're driving by on the highway. It couldn't be there's not a better advertisement for the sport than that. But they, here's the here's the thing. Remember when we used to I don't know if it still happens, I think it does. But in basketball, you know Rick basketball, you get out in the park and you get you get your five guys and play five other guys, and there's five guys waiting on the sideline. They're they're taking winners. That's what pickleball's got. From 10 to 1 every day at the Barnes Tennis Center, that place is packed. And it's people, they go and they line up their paddles. And they and, and it's so simple. There's probably, I mean, there's no rating system. There's no all this stuff. You're just putting your paddle up. I got winners. <coughs> you know, and right. it's filled. And you got, you got paddles. You got paddles like, 
you know, they're standing in line with their paddles to get on the cords to play. So I think that's, right. you know, that all comes out of your thing. When we talk about analytics, it's the computer, and the computer has allowed Barney to run Mayberry. And when Barney's running Mayberry, you have number, of Andy, a lot yeah. of number in two, three. You have number in two, and maybe it's often four and five people running things. USTA has got some very talented people working for them, but in the mix, you know, in the bureaucratic mix, they've got a lot of others that, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, coming out of what you've said, when you talk about the analytics and you look at it and the computer and everything else, I think the performance side of tennis now is sheltered under the umbrella of rec tennis. And the rec tennis is run by, you know, if you can imagine these hardened men, you know, I'm out here and there's, you, I, we went to the La Jolla Beach and Tennis Club. So you're looking at a place where there were Davis Cup matches. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Absolutely. Right. And the history, Dodo Cheney, she's got her 300 gold balls there. and I mean, it's just, you know, the names on the trophies and the, the guy, his name was Bill Kellogg, I think. You know, there's such we haven't protected you the history of the guys. Yep. Right, you see these hardened guys. Well, they do at the La Jolla Beach and Tennis Club. I think every club should do that. I think you got a good Most idea. Most places they, they haven't. Go ahead. Yeah. But, but in that day, these these guys were just tough competitors. I think they were very very tough. And, and I, I'm not going to get an argument whether they could play today or not. I you know I, you know my thoughts on that. I think they could play just given the racket and the equipment. And, but the the bottom line is is that now. You have, you know, can you imagine back in the day, the three five or three old lady, telling you know, arguing to Stan and Illy and and whoever it was. Well, that's a leadership. That's it. a leadership thing. We're the problem we have, in, the problem we have, and excuse me for jumping in. <clears throat> the problem we have is is uh, leadership. We don't need to put. There's an old saying, number one, people hire number ones. Number two, people hire threes and fours. And when we don't have people running, the, the, the history and heritage is not being pro- protected. Absolutely. That is a mistake. The other thing that, that, that you brought up is true about when you used to go to the park. That's the way it was when most of us grew up in the old days with wood rackets. We went to the park. We would call winners and hang out. We wanted to be the best at our park. It was bottom up. Now you got the, the academy. Park. The academies. Right. The academy yeah, the movement academies. was not a good thing. It was uh, no matter how you cut it, it was not a good thing. We took all of the best role models in every community around the country and put it down to Florida or Texas or whatever. And I'm not running down academies, but I, you have to have them maybe now to compete. But the parks used to do have everything. But now there's a big thing. The symmetry has been messed up. Because of the ball striking overcomes movement. That's that's a thing. That's another talk. But basically, uh, pickleball has symmetry. It has doubles. It has look. It has side out scoring, which is don't please don't genericize tennis more with with what we're doing, uh, USTA or ITA, whatever. So uh, let me tell a quick story, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. So this morning, and I it's a little bit of a trap question, I guess. But I wasn't looking at that with my daughter, who's a very good ball striker and tennis player. And I asked her, I, I asked her, and I was thinking about this very thing. I said, I said, honey, what is the uh, 
your least favorite or the hardest sport of the the hardest thing between these three? Tennis, and she does music very well. Plays piano beautifully. Piano, and she also draws very well. Or art, which is the very hardest, you know? And I thought, man, maybe an artwork or whatever. She says, well, Papa, it's, it's tennis. And I said, oh, really? She said, yeah, because, and this was really, really interesting. He says, because it's extremely hard to do, first of all, but that would be okay. But then in the competition, she says, the competition, you lose so much and also, it's it's a very. She said the game itself is not that that as interesting as it should be in a way. She goes and now she's getting the wrong part of some of it, but she, for whatever reason, and, and young ladies usually like relationships and things. They're not oh, as conquestial yeah. as as boys or men are, and that's I, I hope that didn't get me in trouble there. But it's true that. Relationships are very, very important in young young ladies. Tennis, but she she the the competition. She said it's all for rankings or points. You know, she made that comment. You know, and she said it's just not that much fun. Kids don't play for 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 points. They play for rivalries and tournaments of heritage. Your thoughts on that, Coach Weber? Um, I I I. I know your daughter, and, and she does, and and you're right. You know the girls. Two things I hope you know. Keep trying to to get her to play. She could probably end up playing at a small school somewhere, um, and she'll enjoy it more because <laughs> it would be rough every day going out with you and having to have you. You know, you know I mean, you're a different. You're you're. You're a different coach, and it'd be hard. As it's the hardest thing in the world to do to teach a kid. So your kid's out there with oh, you. Oh, your own child. Oh, it's just it's easy so to hard. help it's other so kids. And you're wanting her. You know, you and I've talked about this. You're wanting her to fall in love with the sport. You know, like you and I did, where we had blisters on our hands and we hit the ball a million times against the backboard <laughs> until you know, until the skin was coming off and our hands were bleeding. But um, you know, that's not the way the girls get into it now, and most of them. And it is relationship-based. So tennis does it. It's a very lonely sport. It doesn't have a lot of relationships. Get her going. You know, I, I will say this. There's a wonderful, wonderful, you know, uh, so they had a guy, and you may know the guy's name here in San Diego, that really he sort of ramrodded and and uh, did everything for, I think his name was Percy Jones or something like that. Something Jones, the old man Jones. They did everything for Southern California tennis and looked after the kids. Uh, I don't know if you know the name, but I can't remember the guy's name. His last name was Jones. At any rate, he he re- he really helped Southern California tennis. Southern California tennis had, had not had that for a while. They have a man out here who's doing an excellent job. I don't know if you know this. He has, you know, in the United States, there are 17 ITF tournaments. 17. And he has now gotten nine of them. He has nine of them here in Southern Cal because the USGA is real <coughs> picky about. I'll I'll have one in my place. They have to let me have one there. Well, they they basically they have seventeen. Want to I think there's, or there's a hundred in Costa Rica. 
There's 100 in Costa Rica. There's 17. Well, Italy is supposed to be the best at the most tournaments. Look what they're turning out, how many players they're turning out. Go ahead, yeah. But at any rate, he he did things. And so we're – and this guy's done things. He brought these boys together out here. Coach is a great relationship type of deal. He's a super guy. Um, He played at BYU. His name is Bruce Klee. Some of your listeners may know of him. Oh, he's amazing. He's put his money where his mouth is. And he's uh, trying to help junior tennis. And he seems to run into a roadblock because, you know, you've got the USTA tournaments where they don't want to marginalize, has already been marginalized by the lack of interest anymore, the USTA tournaments. They, they, they've got more tournaments and less people playing. You know, so, well, they make the kids, the less numbers they have, they make those kids play much more by virtue of the point system and the analytics that you're talking about and all that stuff. So the kids get on that hamster wheel, but he wants to get more ITFs here. It might be a good idea. They, you know, they do, I think, kind of like you said, I believe, I, I don't know if I'm exactly right on this and you may know more, but in, in years gone by, it was 14 and under and 18 and under. And so right now they, they did switch the rule this year. So now they're allowing – they went from 14, they're allowing down to 13 years old now. Oh, and, yeah. and it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. So it's 13 and 18, thir- what, what is it? 13 and 18? Well, no, it's 18 and under, but they're allowing oh. 13-year-olds to play. It used to be they cut them off at 14. Yeah, it was, it was better. Between 14 and yeah, And I think 13, yeah. you know, they're goofballs. You know, they're, boys are goofballs anyway all the way until whenever. But they're really goofballs <laughs> now, 13. So so reptile brains. Reptile brains. Right. Yeah, that's right. But, it, but, but so you got that, you, you know, your daughter, and you got the fun of it. I think the fun of it was in the camaraderie. And I talked to when I was here, I talked to Mr. Klee, and I said, put, make sure you put back in the bells and whistles, if you remember. And he agreed. He agreed. He said every tournament he ever went to <clears> back in the day, they had some little, maybe a dinner or a you know, pizza party or right, something. Right, but also no putting the draw them. sheet up. Excuse me, I'm sorry for jumping in, but the draw sheet being up is really important if you're running junior tournaments out there. People want to go up to the draw sheet. They don't want to look on their, on their phone all the time. It makes it so boring and sterile. Remember how many people used to stand around the draw sheet, the big draw board and, uh, and look and see the names? Now, you may not know names. this. You may not know this. I'm fighting pretty hard trying to get them to do this. I've been suggesting this forever. So you know how pretty draws used to be? You know how pretty the draw is yeah. at Kalamazoo? The girl gets yeah, out there stunningly. and volunteers. It's great. Out there. little ruler, yeah. and, they, and they print it, and the seeds right. are in red, and, you know, the unseated players are in <clears> black, and, you know, yeah. you carry yeah. it on through. It's pretty draw sheet. It looks good. It's easy to read and easy to see. Well, if you go online now, it's it's actually really not easy. The, w, the, the USTA is easier than the ITF. You can't make head or hair of an ITF online draw. The USTA's draws are a little bit easier to read, but here's the problem. Everybody's in black. There's nobody to see. They won't put the seeds in red. And one person told me, they said <coughs> that it's part of the USTA's thinking. Part, you don't want to single children out and put their names in red. You know, I'm thinking, oh my, my God, the kid loves. Oh, you're kidding my, me. Kids love, no, that's so, what they said. They said it was offensive wow. for the children to have their name in red. And I said, no, it's the opposite. The kid yeah. would like to have their name in red. Yeah. They'd like to Basically. see their name. And, and they do, uh, you know, if you have a, so they limit the draws now. And 
interesting. So if you have 11 players, I always seeded four players. Right. Well, one to, what, what was the ratio, one to eight? <laughs> it's one to four. It's one to four. Okay. It's one to four. Now, if you're at 11, they don't let you see but two players. And my argument is a lot of these ground level six, ground, ground well, you know, the grassroots tournaments, they, they only want two seeds. But if you had four kids, seated, you'd have four kids in red, four, so, you know, it's four people that would be excited about what they got to do. Right. And I know, I know it say, seems like a lot of minutia, but, but, but it's – Coach, Coach, it's, no, it's no, no. Small Everything people you say, that I, never I, competed, they don't know what it's like to be seated. The people that are actually Coach, running huh? the – try to understand. The people that are running the software never played tennis. They didn't, at right. least not at a high level. So they don't. They think you're going to be offended if your name's in red. My gosh. So let me throw in one thing here, and I want to get your your thoughts to close on. All of this could be cured if the USTA, you guys, bottom up incentives are much more more important than top down systems. We have a system now that is top-down management, and it kills, it kills energy, it kills enthusiasm. And USTA, big, big mistake to try to manage everything from top-down. Big, big mistake, because we're not getting any of the ideas. Like your ideas, you know, the things you're saying are right on the money, but we need leaders who would install them, and none of these people, if they're a 3.5 player running – running something, they're not going to install your idea. It's too threatening to no, them. because it's more work. And they just don't know you, enough. You know, you, and it's more work. It's more work. But we need we need people in the grassroots. Whatever happened to grassroots incentives? But we need grassroots people in the energy move, moving up. It would be like the, the, the difference between the federal government telling us everything and not having any, we, we, well, that's unfortunate. It's happened a lot. But we, we need bottom-up incentives that work for our parks, our clubs, and so on and so on. Give you the last thought. Not going to happen. The new system that's set up is, the new system that's set up is very well, we're, different. We're doing. And you, you, you're not, you're not, and, you, and, and to a large degree right now, you can try to do it, but it, you won't, the, here's the thing. You can try to do it, and, and here's how it really plays out, what you're talking about. I try to do it. You try to do it. A lot of places try to do it. But the places that try to do it, okay, they're not rewarded. In other words, if somebody right. does a really good job of the tournament, that's not necessarily what's going to get a you uh, a tournament or you rewarded in any way. And, you know, it, you do it better, that's fine. Now, the, they're still going right. to award the, the better tournaments or the more lucrative tournaments, and that's why people are running tournaments anymore. Yeah. Many of them are still getting the money. They're going to reward those to the people that are politically doing what they want. In and tune, politically in tune. Doing what they well, want, I mean, basically, tune, we have a socialist. If you're in tune, you're not doing all those extra things, and you're not saying – we need to do all those things. You're just agreeing with whatever top down does. Top top down management is socialist. We need capitalist tournaments. We need basically independent enterprising. 
You know, and we basically allowed our bureaucracy to become too you wanna, I know you want to say goodbye here soon, so before you say goodbye, I'm glad you uh, are back on. Speak your mind. Come back. <laughs> Speak your mind when you're on and, and have a good time doing this. Try to. Show people Coach. what you see. Coach, thank you. Thank you very, very much. I'm going to brag on you here a second, but but thanks for being 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 on here. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about you here a second, folks. This is Coach J P Weber, and uh, I've met very very few coaches that are independent thinkers as he, and 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 then back it up with what he does. Uh, he's a stunningly beautiful facility where where he works, and I can't I don't know if I can give it a plug in the position I'm in. But, uh, you know, every what I love always visiting, and I've said this before, is I see his library, and he has a library of the best tennis books and, and uh, notes he's taken over the years and all those things. One of the smartest tennis people out there because he just absolutely loves the game of tennis, the sport of tennis, everything about tennis he, he, he loves. And he gives things to other people. He uh, as you as you get older and you, you you folks if you're over a certain age you understand this the only real real joy you get in life is when you start I hate the term giving back it sounds so corny but no it, it is true you you have to help other people in a way and then try to help people where nobody gets credit for it that's that's the ideal thing the pay it back situation or the you know the magnificent obsession from that movie years and years ago. But I'm I'm very very uh, glad that he came on. I'm going to hope and he'll come on often because everything he says is right on the money, right on the mark. And uh, I uh, it it be different. The problem is when they put in a rule or they put in a system, it usually never comes out. It's sort of like things we pay for in the government with our tax dollars. Once they put a program in it. It, it never comes out, and it just drains you. And and really, we have a lot of things that are top-down management that do not apply. If if you're do do not apply for every state in our country or every community in our country. We need people who are entrepreneurs and people who go about doing things because they're the right things for your community. And until we do that, we're not. Top-down management never inspired anyone. Bottom-up incentives inspire. We need that. We do not need our kids to be like little robots who are marching in lockstep at tournaments and things. We need passion out there and things. And, and it's just awful. Like I, like I said, I want our youngsters to love the sport for much deeper reasons than that they're getting points or they got this ranking and, and these other things. So, But anyhow, I'm very, very glad to be back on the program. And I'm gonna, each week we're going to try to have a topic here, but we've got a lot to say and a lot to do. And, and again, we need a platform. Everybody, you get a platform out there. I don't care talking to neighbors and things. Don't be afraid. Stand up. Speak out. And again, you can say anything you want. If you address issues, not people, you know, people, you know, you'd lose your credibility if you address people and not issues. You've got to address issues and you've got to, 
I want to win over the hearts of people. I want them to change their attitude and their mind. I don't want to just win and win an, dis- an argument or a discussion. I don't want to just win. We need to change people's hearts to where they are in love with the sport of tennis again. You know, in in all these years, that that it is the greatest sport in the world, but we're doing a crummy job as far as all of us, all of us, as far as pushing the right things and. The analytics, the over-analytics and stuff, there's a place for it. There is a place for it. But it shouldn't be something that's on the tip of the tongues and, and of every kid and, and smothering out the fire in the heart of these kids to love this great, great sport that we have. You know, so um, that that's about it. I'm going to sign off here, and thanks very much for American Tennis. American Tennis. Made in America. process of winning or losing every day of your life, and it has very little to do with a win or a loss. See you next week.